Hello, Miss Kapow. Hello, Brother Kapow. Today's date is February 19th, 2018. Yes. Today, we are going to continue in our series about death and the afterlife, immortality, hell, Hades, Tartarus, the Lake of Fire, all that stuff. But today, we are going to talk about death and the afterlife as it relates to death defined, the three types of death and why it's important. If you recall, last week, I talked about the importance of now and why living life now is so important. Amen. Because we're going to be judged at the end of the age mm-hmm. for what we did in our bodies. Correct, Ms. Kapow? Correct. And that's why it's important because we are triune beings. We're body, soul, and spirit. At death, our soul and spirit is separated from the body at physical death. But it continues on in consciousness. And if you recall that article I read last week, mm-hmm. the scientific article where even the scientists are saying, hey, there's something to this consciousness after death. And, but after, biblically, see, after the millennium, after it's all over at the end of the age, at the great, great white throne judgment, and we're all judged We'll all be judged according to our works here on the earth, good or bad. And the wheat and the tares are separated, the goats and the sheep, the wicked and the good are separated. And those who have died a physical death in a spiritual dead condition Mm. will receive the second death. That's not good because that's for eternity. Yeah, that always makes me cringe. Yeah, it is a cringe factor. Should never be. So it's important to understand that what we do now while we're alive is crucial because our bodies, these physical bodies are laid into the grave. They're corruptible. They perish. But they'll be raised up incorruptible. It's, it's a change. That body, that changed spiritual body, that immortal body will then be reunited to the spirit and the soul, which will then live on forever, either in eternal torment or eternal redemption, Mm -hmm. salvation. It's really that simple. Anything else is not the Bible. Anything else is not the gospel of Christ. Any other teaching outside of that is heresy. Fucci. Fucci. There's a lot of it too. Now, my good friends John and Janie sent me an article last week or a link. And it's about a new movie that's coming out that's about Rob Bale. 
Now, Rob Bell fell from grace and he's kind of like disappeared for a while, but apparently he's still out there doing his things. He, he used to be the pastor at Mars Hill Hills Church. Yeah. Just that name alone should make you cringe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rob Bell's a heretic. Uh, he t- he teaches heresy. He is so full of crap. It's unbelievable. But he had a huge following, especially with young people, especially with millennials. So hip. Well, yeah, he's hip and cool. He's a hipster. And um, he, he has a very light uh, gospel message. Yeah. And his message is it's all about love. Um, God is love, and because God is love, that he accepts everybody, homosexuals, transgenders, murderers, killers, rapists, pedophiles, whatever you are, it's okay. And Rob, this movie, the link that um, John and Janie sent me was is about this documentary where this filmmaker followed Rob Bell and his old lady around. Uh, for a year or so and, and filmed him. And the name of the film, and I kid you not, Miss Kapow, is called The Heretic. <laughs> okay. That's the name of the film. I know. So uh, I, I imagine if it's pro Rob Bell, it's he probably entitled it The Heretic, like they call him The Heretic, but here's how good this guy really is. Mm. I would imagine. But, you know, years ago, Miss Kapow and I were in a Bible bookstore and him it, and we were making fun of all the the books on the shelf, right? Because everything was just so ridiculous. So Do you remember that? Yeah, oh yeah. And we picked up Rob Bell's book, and it was it was called Love Wins. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of thumbing through it and laughing. And this young millennial came up, some young cool hipster in his twenties. He came up and he says, "Actually, that's pretty good." Mm-hmm. And so I so we had a conversation. So I started recording him you know, for the show, because I thought it would be pretty entertaining. But anyway, he began to tell us how how good this book was and that this guy did a lot of good. And then he ended up with telling us that it's kind of more for young people. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, you older people just ain't going to get it, yeah. man, you know. We're cool. And he's like, yeah, it's all about love. And, you know, um, but I remember that, his little stupid, you know, just ignorant little kid. Mm-hmm. So Rob Bell, his love wins. And not too long ago, uh, you know what he what he's what he's done is like a lot of them. And there's now there's like all kinds of Rob Bells out there. Oh, we yeah. just discovered a new guy called um, what was his name? It's Triple uh, X Church. Oh yeah, that but, one. But the guy with the Rastafarian hair, Troy White, Todd White, Todd White. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he has this long uh, Rastafarian uh, snake hair or whatever. It's creepy. And he started his ministry healing and he does all this stuff. And and I guess he has a huge, huge following. I never heard of him. But just uh, listening to five minutes of... (sighs) Anyway, they're all out there. And Rob Bell's Love Wins, like I said, it's it's all about you're not going to hell. Mm Mm-mm. Hell doesn't exist. God is love. And because God is love, he wouldn't send anybody to hell. That's the message. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, and that goes with SDA teaching too. Yes, they believe in the soul sleep. Mm-hmm. Because cause, cause God's and a... Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah, first you go to soul sleep, and at the end of the age, you're just annihilated. You don't exist anymore. 
become fish food. That's it. And so it's a lot easier to, to, to put a humanistic aspect to a, a God who in reality, and by his own word, is a righteous and just God. Mm-hmm. And that death and eternal death, eternal punishment, is part of the penalty for sin. It's just that simple. And he has provided a way. Like last week I said, it's not God's fault. It's our fault Mm -hmm. for rejecting that and for not accepting that from day one in the garden. It's our fault. And he spent thousands of years providing a redemption. And that redemption's here. And that redemption's been available for all of mankind for the last 2,000 years. And if we can't embrace that, that's our fault. Mm-hmm. It's not his fault. So this, this attitude, this love wins attitude, this modern day hipster church attitude is that everybody's accepted. And like you mentioned, Ms. Kapow, the triple X church. Mm-hmm. Um, I call them porn again, Christians, porn again, Christians. I thought that was very creative of you. Yeah. Because, uh, they, they like sex and porn stars and, because God, God is love and he's accepted everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't believe in this, um, you know, Bible teaching. Even Todd White uh, discourages his audience, his congregation to read the Bible mm-hmm. because he reads it. And because when he reads it, he assimilates it. So when he speaks, it's all Bible. So that's the Bible you're getting <laughs> is through him. Yeah, he actually, we heard him say I, that. Yeah, he did. You know? It's the Todd White Bible. <laughs> yeah. So a little different than what we do, because we're going to give you, and we always do, scripture after scripture after scripture, because it's not about what I think. It's about what the Word of God says. And we encourage you to read the Word and make sure that what we say <clears throat> is gospel. Absolutely. You know, prove us right or wrong. Do Berean. <clears throat> Excuse me. Still coughing, people. Pray for Brother Kapow, because he... Uh, yes, please. He's still coughing. Um, and he's still talking in the third person and he doesn't know why (laughs) (laughs) he wasn't doing that before he was coughing, but now he is. (laughs) Paul doesn't like it. Uh, So anyway, uh, so this, this kind of gospel says you're not going to get punished. You're not going to hell. Uh, there is no eternal damnation. There's just annihilation or soul sleep or whatever. So that is embracing everything else, all the homosexuality and transgenderism and, you know, uh, everything else. At the end, it doesn't matter because, you know, g- God's love. That is heresy and it's a big lie, but it's a lot easier for many people, especially if you're brain damaged and, you, and you're too lazy to read the word of God, to believe that humanistic aspect of it, than to actually seek out the truth. Mm. And the truth is out there, and you listen to the show and go, oh, that's the truth. Right. Yeah, you can't dispute it because it's scripture. The only way you can do is get rid of the scripture. Then you can dispute it all day long, but then we're not on the same page now, are we? <laughs> okay. So a while back, Miss Kapow. I would say maybe it was about six months ago or something. Ms. Kapow made a statement that was pretty heavy. And um, she said in one of our shows, 
that God is love, but love is not God. Mm-hmm. Now, I did say that. She did say that. And think about that, folks. God is love, but love is not God. When love becomes God, love becomes an anti-God. Mm-hmm. It becomes an idol. It becomes the thing you're dependent on. So when you write a book and called Love Wins, it's not God wins. Mm-mm. Love wins. Love, love, love. It's not real love. It's not agape love. This is a sloppy agape. Mm-hmm. This is phony, humanistic, Gnostic love. Heresy. God is love, folks. He really is. But love is not God. Love is an attribute of God, but mm-hmm. love is not God. Yeah. You never place love first. Never. Or life. God or is life. God is life, but life is not God. Yeah. And you you know what? You can go on and replace all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Yeah. Okay, Miss Powell, you ready to get into this? Miss Will Powell, yeah. (laughs) He called you another name again, and he's still talking in the third person. Okay. Well, God is love, but love is not God. That's right. Love does not win. God wins. Mm -hmm. See, God loved mankind, and he gave all of us guidelines for immortality, eternal life. We're the ones who failed. We're the ones who disobey. And from the garden on, there was a curse. It was a curse of death that we brought on ourselves. We were told. We were told that the day we disobeyed his word we would bring death. Mm-hmm. Yes. We were told. But the serpent beguiled Eve. Mm-hmm. He tricked her. He beguiled her. You all know the story. Oh, it, it, it looked good to eat. It looked good to look upon. And it makes one wise. Mm-hmm. You become like gods. And when he say, ah, you won't die. You surely won't die. Serpent's a liar. He beguiled, and he's been beguiling ever since. And we're blinded by that serpent, that God of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me go back to Genesis 3 here, Ms. Kapow. Okay. Genesis 3 says, well, I'm sorry, Genesis 2. I'm so used to talking about the, um, the serpent. I'm going to go back to Genesis 2.17. And here's the original word of God. Here's where it originates from. But the tree, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Mm. Okay? That's the curse. That's the penalty for the disobedience, okay? Mm-hmm. That, and we're going to talk about the difference, the difference of deaths, okay? This is going to make a lot of sense here. So the Greek word is moot. 
it does mean to die figuratively or physically or spiritually. It means to end, basically, to uh, perish. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's translated die 834 times, 424 te- times dead, 130 times slay, 100 times death. You get it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what God says. You shall surely die the day you do that. Now, uh-oh, I hit my pop filter and it <laughs> popped and it went... <laughs> But because we're professional, we're just going to leave it on there. Right. We don't care. But God loved us humans. Really? Yes, he did. God loved. Love isn't, love isn't God, but God loved us so much, and he provided a way to circumvent that spiritual and eternal death. Mm-hmm. You notice I didn't say physical. You know why I didn't say physical? It's because we all die physically. That's the result of our spiritual and eternal death. You're going to understand that. But he provided a way to circumvent that spiritual death, which is now, and the eternal death, which is after our physical death. So if you go to John 3.16, mm-hmm. John 3.16, for God so loved mm. the world, that's us, that he gave his only begotten son, that's Christ, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Mm-hmm. Now, the word perish is interesting because it's a, pol- um, a polymy in Greek. Now, it, it almost sounds just like Genesis 2.17. Mm-hmm. The day you eat of it, you're going to die. You're going to perish. Mm-hmm. And here's the same language. You should not perish. You won't be destroyed. You won't die. You won't lose. You won't be lost. You won't be ruined, abolished, or destroyed. But you'll have what? Everlasting life. And that's the way it was intended in the garden. Right. Eternal life. There's eternal life and there's eternal death. Eternal death's one of the three deaths we're going to talk about. Does it make sense so far, Ms. Capone? Yes, it does. So love can't save. Rob Bell's wrong. Love doesn't win. Love can't save anybody. Only God can save. And only love can emanate from God. Mm-hmm. You got to put him first. So they're all, they're all messed up. In their approach, it's and it's not by accident. It's on purpose. Mm-hmm. They're heretics. He really is a heretic. So are all these people. I don't know. I don't know how people can go to those places. I don't either. It blows my mind. Um, and it's speaking of going to weird church, weird churches and weird places. Miss Capel has a story that is going to go perfect with what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we're going to get into death defined. So if you will, my dear, Mm -hmm. could you talk about the funeral you went to? Well, I'd rather not. No, of course I will. Um, Shame on you. Paul Paul doesn't like it. (laughs) He is mad. 
But you know, the other scripture I wanted to uh, go with uh, um, John 3.16 was Romans 5.8, where it says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. I like that. Yeah. While we were yet spiritually separated, he died for us. He's always provided a way out. Mm -hmm. It's not his fault. Go on. Okay. So anyways, the other day, um, I was invited to, um, to go to this funeral. See, I belong to, um, a dance troupe and I guess somebody from this dance troupe that was very involved many years ago with this group, um, had passed away just recently. And so our dance troupe was asked to come and provide refreshments. So I went to this funeral. Um, it's a supposedly a Christian church. Um, Brother Paul and I went there once and were appalled by um, what was being taught and whatnot. So we never went back there again. So anyways, I go there and um, the gal that passed away. Well, the one thing that... Um, that I noticed in church, in this church, you know, everything that was said um, was about this woman, obviously, you know, her passing. But I thought, what, what is missing out of all of this? And it was Jesus. And here, this is a church, and the pastor, and nobody else in this church that um, talked about this woman mentioned eternal life or Jesus Christ. It never passed out of their mouth. But they did talk about this woman as being a pillar of the community. She was very community-oriented. She helped found the women's voting rights. Uh, So she was very political. Um, A lot of them said that she was a great friend. If you needed somebody, you needed support, you can call her and she'd be there. And they said that she was just a really good friend that way. Um, she, uh, let's see. Oh, and then there was a, um, a slideshow of her, you know, and the pastor, um, was standing there and stuff and the slideshow was going off. Well, there were at least two slides where this woman would give out her middle finger. Nice. And the lady that put the slides together told the pastor, oh, you know, sorry, pastor, but we had to put this in. He goes, oh, that's all right. He goes, I'm, I'm used to that from this woman. Apparently, that's the way she was. She was very, very opinionated. In fact, um, she considered herself a, um, a Marine's wife. But everyone says that she was more like the Marine than her husband. And this one other gentleman said that, you know, he's very... Um, he's very bossy himself, but when he's around her, he becomes very submissive because everyone just listens to her. You know, she just, she just calls the orders and everyone listens. She sounds like a real arse. (laughs) So I'm going to, um, the pastor had talked about, um, uh, second Corinthians and I'm going to pull that up so I can kind of go by that, uh, seven through 18. King James Version. Let's see. <clears throat> Uno momento. Anyways, he was talking about uh, 2 Corinthians 
4, 7 through um, 18. He was saying this woman, he and this woman would have a lot of um, discussions about the Bible and whatnot. And he was saying that he had done a funeral a while back and he kept these notes for some reason. And he said, I don't know why I did because I always toss the notes afterwards, but this particular um, scripture I kept with me and he goes, and now I know why it's because this is um, this person I'll call her Mary. Okay. It's Mary. And, um, in the discussions that we had, this was like one of the last ones he had with her. And so he read, um, second Corinthians four, seven, he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. And the reason why he's kind of reading this um, in regards to this woman is that she had, um, a, she was sick, obviously. Um, she was sick and um, she had made plans to go on a cruise. She did a lot of traveling, but um, a few days before she was actually supposed to go on this cruise, her body just gave out, and within two days, she died. So that's basically what he's saying is that our bodies, you know, are are going to die. And basically, this scripture goes on to say that um, our bodies, because they're you can see it, it's temporal. But we can't really focus on the temporal, but we need to focus on the spiritual that's unseen. So anyways... Um, Verse 10 says, always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus may be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So he goes on and on and on. And he talks about, um, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And he said, you know, when he talked with this woman, she agreed about a lot of things. One of the things she did agree is that our bodies are, um, you know, decaying, but our spiritual continues on. And he said, what's important is what God puts in our soul and our spirit. He never mentioned Jesus. He just said, God, and then he says, but that is where she and this and the pastor um, disagreed. So I'm not really sure what that meant. But to me, that meant that she was not saved. <laughs> that, I mean, that's the way I got it. Yeah. But he never mentioned eternal life or Jesus Christ, you know, or, or he never gave the gospel message. And um, I was very very disappointed and very disgusted. And the thing is when, um, after the service, we all went into the fellowship hall and that's where we served our cookies and cream and, uh, coffee and whatnot. And I talked to some of the people that, um, that attended the funeral that, that knew her. And they all said the same thing that she was a great friend. She was the pillar of the community, you know, but she was very, um, um, outspoken and very opinionated, but no one talked about her spiritual life or her relationship with the Lord Jesus. And that's what really kind of bothered me. And a lot of the people there didn't appear to be 
very Christ-like. And so um, that was my experience um, at this funeral. That just goes to show you the the mindset where you're taking death either lightly, and that's pretty lightly, uh, but you're certainly not taking it scripturally. And mm-hmm. it's just, um, no, she's a good person. She did all this philanthropy, did all this stuff. Oh, she's flipping off the camera half a dozen times. She's hard to get along with. She just, you know, she's a boss. She's Boston. She's a gadfly. You know, she's one of those gals that ran for city council and was always there and, mm-hmm. you know, bugging everybody. And it sounds to me like her reputation was more like annoying than anything else. But, but she's a good person because she went to, she went to church and she's mm-hmm. in a better place now because they're not being taught the truth. No, they're not. You know, in this particular uh, pastor, you know, when we first, we went to that church one time and listened to him, but he, he had written a book and that's all he talked about was this book he wrote. Kind of like what I do. I just talk about demons in my marriage, bad, a true story of spiritual warfare available on Amazon. See, I got that in Miss Kapow. <laughs> I got that commercial in. Demons in My Marriage Bed, A True Story of Spiritual Warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. From all online digital retailers, God bless you all. And uh, so he's talking about his book. Well, I don't preach from my book. I preach from the Bible, but he was preaching from his book, and he wanted all studies at the church, youth studies, adult studies to be done from his book. Mm-hmm. And he wanted other churches. He wanted to other churches to use his book. Yeah. So I bought his book to read it. And um, I don't remember what it was about, but the dedication page, he was, uh, he dedicated it to uh, uh, Rick Warren <laughs> and to, uh, what's that guy? Foster, I uh, forget his first oh, name. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, he's a total heretic, Foster. Mm-hmm. Total nut bucket. And, um, you know, and then it went downhill from there. But that that's okay. So he's not going to talk about eternal life. So anyway, I just thought that story would be a little apropos to this because we're talking about Rob Bell and uh, Todd White and these other, mm-hmm. you know, they just don't, they don't talk about it. Death. So it's uncomfortable for people, but it's going to be really uncomfortable when you're burning in hell. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we're trying to avoid here. My goodness. Right? Right. Right? Right. Okay. Thank you for that, Mr. Pound. Now, <laughs> now, where am I? I don't even know where I'm at. Um, I think you're here with the physical death. Yes. I'm going to define death now. Everybody's waiting for this. People, write this down. There's three different deaths. There's a physical death. There's a spiritual death. And there's an eternal death, physical, spiritual, eternal. Get your head around this, and then you'll, the scriptures will really open up on this. Here's a definition of death. Now, you got to remember hell and the grave, like in the Old Testament, hell and the grave are not the same thing. The grave is where the body goes to. The, the body's laid in a sepulcher in the Old Testament, or they're laid with their fathers. They rest with their fathers. They go to the grave. That's not death. That's where the physical body goes to. Death is defined in the scriptures as 
separation or being cut off from realizing God's purpose for which you were created. I'm going to say that again. Death is defined as separation or being cut off from realizing God's purpose for which humans were created. Ms. Kapow, I, I know you know the answer to this. I'm going to ask you, was the purpose that we were created, was our purpose was to evangelize? No. Was our purpose to heal the sick? No. Was our purpose to uh, sing really well in the choir? No. Our purpose, this is so simple, our purpose here is to be reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. That's it. Everything else is an outflow of that. That's right. John seventeen three says, This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Amen. Amen. So that's the, the definition of death is separation or being cut off from God. Okay, so quit thinking about a corpse right now and think about separation from God. If you substitute the word separation for the word death in many scriptures, it'll start to make sense. Mm-hmm. And the ones that it doesn't make sense, like, oh, he went and laid with his father's. It wouldn't make sense to go, he went and separated with his fathers. So it, it would make, it's clear. But if you use separation instead of death, then you begin to get it that it's, you're being separated. Right. And that's the whole idea of the reconciliation. That's the whole idea of Christ. Right. Right? That's it's right. huge. Okay, so let's talk about physical death. Like last week, I went over this. Physical death is when the soul and the spirit separate from the body. Mm-hmm. We'll go to James. Oh, James 2.26, which yes. says, as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. That's right. For as the body without the spirit is dead. It's scriptural. Physical death occurs when that soul and spirit separate from the physical body. They exist in consciousness, either in heaven with Christ right now or in a place of torment, Hades, right now until after the judgment. And then when you're resurrected, your your physical body's resurrected, you gain immortality either in heaven with God forever or you're thrown to a lake of fire with Satan and his angels. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's physical death. Okay. We got that right. Mm-hmm. Now here is what the people don't understand at that funeral that Miss Kapow went to. This is where they don't get it. They understand physical death. They can look at a corpse and say, that's not her. She's no longer here. That's just flesh. Mm-hmm. Right? But here's what they don't understand. Spiritual death. Mm. Spiritual death is separation from God due to sin. Mm -hmm. Spiritual death occurs while you're alive in the body. 
it occurs while you're alive in the body. It doesn't occur after your spirit and soul leave the body. Mm-mm. Spiritual death occurs now. Yeah, this is when you're in darkness. Yes. And we're all born into spiritual death, folks. Mm-hmm. We're all born into spiritual death. None of us are above that. Mm-mm. Because of the sin nature. Yes. We all have to be reconciled. And that promise, that gospel has been put before us to accept or reject. Mm -hmm. It's our fault. It's our choosing. Spiritual death, separation from God due to sin. Ms. Kapow, do you have these scriptures? Isaiah 59, 2. It says, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. You get that? Your iniquity, your iniquities have separated between you and God. Mm-hmm. What separated? What separate was sin? Iniquities. Mm-hmm. It's separation from God due to sin. How about Matthew eight twenty two? Says, "Let the dead bury their own dead." Now this is a hard one for people. Oh, that was mean that Jesus said that. You know, this poor guy. He wanted to follow Christ. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, you want to follow Christ. And he goes, Lord, just let me first go bury my father. Who wouldn't want to go bury their father? And mean, Jesus said, follow me. Let the dead bury their dead. Boy, that's a hard saying, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's because you don't get it. That's right. It's hard. It's only hard because you don't get it. What he's saying is let the spiritual dead bury their spiritual dead. But you need to be spiritually alive and follow me. Mm-hmm. Don't be part of the world. Come and follow me. That's a hard saying. You know why? Because it's a hard thing to pick up your cross and go where he went. Mm-hmm. It's not full ourselves. This isn't love wins. This is God wins. That's right. Okay. How about Colossians 2.13? Colossians 2.13 says, And you being dead in your sins... And the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So what Paul is saying is we we were dead in our sins. Physically dead? No. Spiritually dead. You're still walking around in your body, but you're spiritually dead in your sins. It's just like what Isaiah said. You're separated from God because of your iniquities. And the uncircumcision of your flesh. He doesn't mean the, the circumcision. He means that you're not, you haven't been redeemed. Mm-hmm. And then Paul says, hath he quickened, he made it alive together with him. He made it alive. And he forgave you all those trespasses. Mm-hmm. That's spiritual life. That's the uh, reproach of Egypt that have fallen off of you. Oh, is this the scripture? Yes. Well, why don't you talk about that? Okay. So today in my, um, or yesterday, one of these days, I was, <laughs> um, I was reading the word. I'm in, in the book of Joshua, and I was reading uh, chapter 5, and I came across um, the story of um, Joshua, and this is right when um, they crossed the the Jordan. And God told Joshua 
to have the children circumcised. So they had just come, come through the, um, the parting of um, the Jordan, and now they have to be circumcised because these are the, the Hebrew children that came from those Hebrews that were uh, killed in the wilderness. So these, these folks haven't been circumcised yet. So, um, and after that was done, the Lord said unto Joshua, this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you. Wherefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal until today. But what caught me was the scenario where they went through the baptism by the parting of the Jordan River and then being circumcised and having their reproach of Egypt fallen off of them. And I thought, thought, where did I read something like that? Well, it was in Colossians. Now I'm going to read Colossians 2, 9 through 15, and see if you can hear it. Okay, it says, uh, verse 9 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, that's Christ Jesus, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Wow. So you see the, the rolling off of Egypt is the sin and the, the law, basically. Yeah. Now, folks, I want you to, to, to see or hear what Miss Kapow just did. Because when she shared this to me, the first thing I, I thought of was, wow, that's exactly what the Apostle Paul saw. Mm-hmm. When he wrote his epistles... He didn't do like Rob Bell or Todd White or these other guys and just get Gnostic knowledge. Mm-mm. Everything he wrote wasn't new revelation for the Apostle Paul. It was based on the Torah and the Psalms and the writings of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And what he saw, what the Holy Spirit revealed to the Apostle Paul was things like this. Right. Crossing the Jordan, the baptism, the circumcision, and then Egypt being rolled off you, the reproach being rolled off you, mm-hmm. was a forecast of the life in Christ, what, what we would be. That's right. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely marvelous. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I'm going to start calling you apostle. Mr. <laughs> That was really nice. Just praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, and then First Timothy five six says, "Yes, she that, um, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth." And we're still talking about spiritual death. Mm-hmm. So physical death, separation of soul and spirit from the body, 
But spiritual death is separation from God because we're still in sin. We haven't been reconciled to God while we're alive. Exactly. So when these guys are preaching love wins and the triple X church is, is encouraging Christian sex and porn again, Christians and all this stuff, because they're accepting transgender and whoever you are, you can come oh, just blah, blah, right. Mm-hmm. They're still living in sin and being separated from God. They're spiritually dead while walking around in a physical body. That's right. They're zombies. They're all around us. I'm not just talking Christian churches. I mean, it's every you know, everybody is not a who's not born again is a zombie. Yeah, they're 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 dead. They're yeah, dead to unto God. Like First John five ten through twelve says, life is in God's Son. John five twenty six says, for as the Father hath life in Himself, so hath He given to the Son life in Himself. And Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, ye have no life in you. So God, you, you're only, when you're reconciled to God, that's the only time you have real life. Yeah. That's it. It, it, really, is, it really is that simple, the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's that there's only one way. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Okay. So physical death? spiritual death, right? Mm-hmm. We were all spiritually dead. I was spiritually dead before 2006. I was walking around spiritually dead, eating maggots, thought it was snake, steak, you know? Yeah. I did. Yeah. It was uh, just horrible. Um, you can read about it in my book, Demons <laughs> in My Marriage Bad, A True Story of Spiritual Warfare, available on Amazon and online retailers. <laughs> See how I got that in? I did. Um. <laughs> so now we have an eternal death. We have the last death here, the eternal death. Folks, you don't want to be spiritually dead while walking around this body and then physically die because then you die in your sins. Oh, no. That's eternal death. You yep. can't unring that bell. I talked about this last week. The Mormons will go to temple and pray for their dead relatives to get out of uh, Mormon purgatory, wherever they're at. There's no such thing. Mm-mm. It ain't going to happen. You can't pray Hitler out. Um, the Catholics have purgatory. Yeah, they do. Right? And you buy what? Those um, cards or whatever they are? Yeah, I don't know. You know more about that than I do. Yeah, it's been a y- long You time. were a, a Catholic at one time. I never was because I was too busy reading demons in my marriage bed. True story. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's not scriptural folks. It's you're not going to, no one's going to pray you out. You can't get out. So if you die in spiritual death, whilst you're, you leave your body and have physical death, there's only one other thing you're going to experience. And that's eternal death. Mm-hmm. And that's what these folks at the funeral did not understand the gravity of the situation. Because even the pastor, when he was explaining 
uh, with about Mary that he that she and he would have discussions and that she did believe that our body was decaying, yada, 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 and that the spirit and soul live on, whatever. She um, didn't agree with him about a lot of the spiritual stuff that he was saying. And he said to the congregation, he goes, but that's okay. And I'm thinking, no, it's not. It's not. It's not okay. It's not okay. Yeah, if you don't accept that redemption, that that plan, that purpose while you're alive, it's not okay. And she, her eyes awoke, her consciousness awoke in a place of torment and fire and hell and demonic oppression and darkness so dark. She can't get out now. No. Mm-mm. It's not God's fault. No. Don't believe God. Okay, so eternal death is exactly that. It's eternal separation. Remember, spiritual death is separation from God due to sin. Mm-hmm. You're in the body, but you're, but, but you're still, all of sin and come short of the glory of God, right? Mm-hmm. You're still in the body, but you're separated and you haven't been reconciled. Once you're out of that body and experience physical separation, your your soul and spirit leave the body, and you died in spiritual death, the only thing you look forward to is eternal death. Likewise, if you're in the body and you're spiritually alive in Christ, you become a new creature, born again. When you die and separate from the physical body, the only thing left for you is eternal life. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus said, though you die, if you're in him, though you die, you shall live. Amen. It starts to make sense now, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. All of it. So eternal separation from God because a person chooses to remain separated from God in sin. And there's a bunch of scriptures here to show that. Yeah. Matthew 10, 28 says, and fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Mm-hmm. Matthew 25, um, 41 through 46 says, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered, and he gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, or thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Everlasting punishment. It didn't say soul sleep or annihilation. Mm-mm. Mm. Then we have Revelation 2.11 that says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Mm. And let's see, uh, Revelation 14, 9 through 11 
And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up for ever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Wow. Wow. Revelation 11.15 And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of this world, the kingdoms of this world, are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Revelation 21.8 But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And then, Revelation 22.15 For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth maketh a lie. And I think the last one here is Isaiah 66, 22 through 24, which reads, As for the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. For their worm shall not die, and neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be abhorring unto all flesh. The worm shall not die, and the fire shall not be quenched. No soul sleep or annihilation there. It's eternal punishment. Mm -hmm. That's the importance of it. And when you're at a funeral... Wow, what a great opportunity. The funeral in a church, the pastor. Mm -hmm. What a great opportunity to talk about this stuff. It's the second death, folks. Eternal death is a separation of God eternally. It's the second death. It's the second separation from God. You already read Revelation 2.11, 2014, 21.8. Mm -hmm. It's the lake of fire is where it ends up. Mm-hmm. The lake of fire. And in next week's show, I think we're going to get into the lake of fire, Hades, and the difference between Tartarus and Sheol, things like that. So the penalty for sin, the penalty for sin is eternal death or eternal separation from God in hell and in the lake of fire. That is Genesis 2.17. The day you disobey me, you will die. Mm -hmm. It's the penalty is eternal death, not physical death. If it was physical death, right? God says the penalty for disobeying me is death, right? Mm -hmm. So, that would be the penalty. So once you paid the penalty, you would be justified before God. Correct? Mm -hmm. If a judge said you ran the red light, the penalty is $400. And if you paid $400, 
you're now justified. You paid the penalty. You get it? That's right. So if the penalty was physical death, every person would be justified upon physical death. Mm-hmm. If you disobey me, you'll surely die. And then you die and you go, okay, I paid the penalty. I've, I've, I, I myself have paid the penalty for the curse of God. The penalty for sin would be paid by physical death and God would have to justify everybody's death. Mm-hmm. All people would go to heaven after paying the sin penalty after death. That sounds like a good heresy, doesn't it? Yep. It's not physical death. The second one, the penalty for sin is not spiritual death. Here's why. Spiritual death, which is the state of man in sin, right? The separation from God mm-hmm. while he's alive. If that were the case, if spiritual death was the penalty for not listening to God in Genesis, then all who commit sin would be justified in the sight of God. Mm-hmm. Romans 3.23. Yep. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. So that means all would be justified in their sin. What a great heresy that would be. Mm-hmm. That would be paying the penalty, the death penalty for sin. So it's not physical death. It's not spiritual death. Folks, the penalty for trespass and sin and disobedience to God, the real penalty is eternal death. Mm. See, physical death is the result of spiritual and eternal death. It's just the result of it. Eternal death is the penalty for spiritual death or sin. If you die in the flesh and you don't repent, eternal death is the penalty for that spiritual death of sin. Ephesians 2, 1 through 9. says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved." And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Amen. That whosoever should believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life so now you're listening you're going brother kapow miss kapow i'm convicted in my spirit Mm. i'm not sure i'm walking the right way i'm not sure if i were to die tonight i would go to heaven or hell 
I'm not quite sure what to do. What do we do about all this? Well, there's resurrection from spiritual death. That's the good news. Mm -hmm. I've got good news. There's a way to undo the spiritual death that you're born into. Right. There's a way to undo it. Let's talk about it. First of all, it takes place when one is saved. Mm-hmm. When one is saved from trespasses and sin. Now that's Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Yeah, that we just read. Yep. And then verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That's the good news. Resurrection from spiritual death happens when we're born again. Mm -hmm. John 3, 1 through 8. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind blows where it lists, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. We are resurrected from spiritual death when we're made a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And we are resurrected from spiritual death when we're reconciled to God. And you have a few there. Okay. Ephesians 2, 12 through 16 reads, That at that time we were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Colossians one twenty through 22 says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, 
whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you, that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Colossians 2, 6-13 As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught abound, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and feign deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him, through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. And then Second Corinthians five fourteen through 21 says, For the love of Christ constrains us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which should live which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we know him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made us, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Beautiful. And I hope that's pretty clear on how to avoid spiritual death while you still can. And by doing that, you can avoid eternal death. Mm-hmm. That's the good news. Anything else to add? Ms. Capel. Well, I wrote down some of these scriptures here. I just, it, there's um, about seven, but okay. here. Um, Romans six twenty three, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So through Jesus, he paid the payment and the uh, ransom, which is his blood, the blood of innocence, the Lamb of God without spot, without blemish. Hebrews 9.22 says, Almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. John 1.29 says, John who seeth Jesus said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. 6. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And then um, 7 was 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from vain conversation received from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish or without spot. That is our hope. Amen. Those are good. Those are good. I, uh, that first one in Romans was like, bang. That sums it all up, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Really does. All right. Next week, Lord willing, we'll talk about immortality of the body, uh, resurrection of the dead, mm-hmm. the intermediate state of the dead, mm-hmm. and the underworld, if we get to it. Okay? Okay. All right. Okay. Let's say goodnight. Ciao, babies.